Hi, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. I'm your host, Phil Huber, joined by Logan and John today. On today's episode number 119, we're talking about small tools and accessories for under 10 bucks that we can't live without. We'll also look at whether you need a table saw in your shop and why Phil has none. This episode is brought to you by Tightbond. You want a glue that you can trust. And fortunately, Tightbond has the glue you need to get the job done with confidence. From interior glues with strong initial tack and short clamp time to exterior glues with exceptional strength and water resistance, look to Tightbond, the right glue for your next project. For more information, visit tightbond.com. So today's topic is inspired, thankfully, by one of our listeners, because otherwise people would just have to hear us ranting. <laughs> Again. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and I think it was written to you, right, Logan? Yeah, Tim sent it in. Um, okay. Tim, uh, Tim is, he listens to our podcast every week. Uh, Tim's a very talented turner. He actually emailed me a couple weeks ago seeing if I had any sycamore, and I don't. I have a log here, but I don't think it'll be cut in time for his friends to pick it up as they come through. But no, Tim sent an uh, email and said, hey, um, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have it in front of me, and my microphone's in front of my trackpad, so I can't pull it up. Uh, but basically, Tim said, hey, you know, you know, love your podcast. You guys are awesome. The best ever. Um, I made that part up. I don't think he said that. <laughs> But it was implied, you know, here's, it was implied. Here's an idea for you. What tool in your shop? You know, we all love fancy tools. Um, or most of us love fancy tools. Uh, what tool in your shop or what tools in your shop for under 10 bucks? Can you not live without? And I believe Tim's was a rubber mallet, like a rubber headed mallet for doing assemblies and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, it kind of got me thinking, and to be honest with you, I haven't been in my shop in a couple weeks because I've been out traveling, so I'm kind of looking around. I have one sitting next to me, two, three of them, but I would like to hear what you guys think um, because it's an interesting question because there are a couple that are mm -hmm. like just dirt cheap. You don't really think about them until you think about them. Okay. Okay. You got anything, John? Otherwise, I got a few. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to say a, uh, cork sanding block. Mm. It's very you simple. took mine. Well, I took God. yours. Well, I yes. have a story behind and that. It's $11. Oh, is it? It's 11. I, yeah. no I just okay. pulled it off Forget on Amazon. It. I know. Okay. A half of a cork sanding block then. <laughs> and <laughs> I am the type of person that would just grab a piece of sandpaper or like a fold a sanding disc in half and start sanding away and uh, hurriedly until one day here in the shop, I was in a hurry trying to sand some uh, Baltic birch and I was sanding on the, the edges of it and the piece of sandpaper grabbed a splinter, lifted it and put a toothpick size splinter inside through one side of my finger and out the other side. So I had yeah. pierced a basically a toothpick through my finger, um, ended up, you know, taking some time to take some pictures of it, you know, before right. attempting to pull it out. And then I couldn't do it. I ended up at urgent care, had them do it, got my tetanus shot updated. 
<laughs> I don't think you can so. get that piercing at Claire's. Right, yeah. At least not the tetanus shot. You're going in and getting a free tetanus <laughs> shot with your copay. So, so yeah. So now every time, especially with Baltic Birch, I use a cork sanding block to keep my fingers away yep. from the splinters and keep the sandpaper from lifting up splinters. So that's my see, and, cheap tool. Yeah, see, and I like it because it keeps me – these are like – so if you're watching, I have one here. It's covered in oil. And because I use this when I'm doing like, um, oh, hand plane restoration, I'll wrap wet dry sandpaper around this. So that's why it's discolored and stuff. But I like these because they have a little bit of give, but they're definitely stiff enough that you're not going to round over an edge inadvertently. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a sanding sponge, you'll round over an edge. Right. Accidentally. So, right. yes, that was one of mine. I got a couple others, but I'm, I'm glad somebody else sees value in that, John. Yep. And if you grab a couple of those because they're like tape measures and pencils, they seem to <laughs> yep. disappear and then come back later. So have a few. Yeah. That's true. Uh, I would say I do love the cork sanding block and I don't know what it is about Baltic birch, but you're right. It seems like no matter what you're doing, the moment that you don't oh. use a sanding block is when it, just pokes up splinters like a porcupine and I can't tell you how many times I've been jabbed with those for me it's the inexpensive um I think the the brand that I have is make it snappy the little pilot hold combination bits for for screws so it's got the it's got a stop collar on it so that if you can set it for just a pilot hole in a countersink or you pop the stop collar off to do a deeper counter bore if you're going to plug the hole. Like these? So, yes. Like, is it like, and, yeah. okay. Yes. And what I like about them is that those are straight shanked ones instead of the tapered ones. Because I know we have the we have the fuller brand set here in the shop, which use tapered bits, um, which are super cool. They work really well, but they're quite a bit pricier. And what I found is a lot of times I'm using the, I'm using the pilot hole bits with my egg beater drill. And if you use the tapered bits in an egg beater drill, you are fighting a losing battle because it is constantly wedging in there tighter and tighter and it's harder to drill that hole mm-hmm. and here's one of the tapered bits if people are watching yep versus yep. the straight ones yeah yeah and the other thing with the tapered bits is i find i mean i use those all the time and i love them but uh the countersinking part can adjust up and down on the bit and usually i have to have it backed way down the bit um <clears throat> to get the the width of the shank hole that I need. So a lot of times I'm drilling into like half inch material. So I got to drill like feels like three inches to get to the countersink. <laughs> yes. Like, am I going to drill all the way through my metal drill press table to get to the countersink? So right. See, that's the, the good thing about the straight ones that you can kind of yeah, adjust you, the length without, you know, messing with the diameter of the shank hole. Right. And I, uh, you know, like modern wood screws aren't tapered 
anymore. Mm. You know, it's a consistent mm. root thickness all the way through. So you don't need the tapered bit to do it. And I think that's a, that's something that a lot of people don't necessarily know about. Now, one thing that I will say that I do, so I don't know if altogether this puts it, I think I'm still under 10 bucks here, but what I'll often do, so I'll buy that bit, but I'll take the drill bit part out and replace it with a brad point bit so that mm -hmm. I get a better, yeah. cleaner That's entry hole. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's like a, you know, they're relatively small bits and you can buy those onesie twosies for not much, just a couple of bucks, I believe. Although in this climate, who knows? Maybe it's like three hundred dollars now to, right? Yeah, to buy those. Yeah, we so, probably have like ten thousand dollars worth of bits in our drawer mm -hmm. with inflation. So right. it's yeah. an investment. Yep. Yeah, retirement plan. Yep. <laughs> so, so that's that's another one of mine. Logan, what's another one for you? Um, so this is not something I use every day, but when I need it. I have it. Okay. Just a little dental pick. Mm. Um, I think I bought a set of these at Harbor Freight at one point um, because it was one of those, like, didn't know if I was going to need it. Or it was like I was wandering through and I'm like, ah, you know what? I've always needed, like, a little picker in my shop. I use this a lot when I'm turning, especially if there's, like, a knot or generally with wormholes they'll be packed full of sawdust so i can go in and pick out all the sawdust with this or if there's if i'm working with a board and there's a loose knot and i just can't get it to come out you can get this in hook it and drag it out um and it works really good for getting glue out of little tight areas so can you use it you know, to pick out blocks. those little like little worms in between the bark and the and the wood yes yeah and uh, yep. yeah so absolutely yeah so um, you know, again, not something I use every day, but when I need it, I need it. Mm -hmm. So I could live without it. So maybe I didn't answer Tim's question fully. I could live without it, but, um, my other one actually Phil saw me use this the other day. I don't have one in this shop because I don't usually do big glue ups in here, but I always keep a, um, putty knife uh when i'm doing when i'm doing like gluing panels together as far as like doubling up layers of plywood um i keep i have one in the shop at work that i took and it was like a four inch mud knife and i just took it over to the edge grind or the the bench grinder and i just put notches in it to make like a little trowel basically yeah i could buy a trowel but i was cheap i had you know that was laying around so i just made my own little glue spreader um and it's the best thing ever for spreading glue on big panels i used one yesterday on video for gluing up um two pieces of plywood doubling them up and that was an actual like a plastic v trowel right um it doesn't work near as good i like my little ghetto rigged one it works so much better <laughs> i can i can spread glue and like you know, Phil was, you were in the shop when I was doing this, I was spraying glue and it was like, oh shoot, got too much on there. So as I'm spreading it, I can scoop it up and twirl it, the old pressman trick, twirl it to keep the glue on the, on the knife and then spread it back into the glue bottle. Mm -hmm. 
I was just going to say uh, wipe it under the so, bench. Right. That's you just scrape it off <laughs> no. on the underside of the bench. <laughs> there was too much on that particular <laughs> one. I, I had the gallon of type on it, and I just dumped it on there. So, I, yeah, I had a little bit too much. So okay. those are my two of mine. Okay. So you got more, John? Um, another thing I find handy, I don't use it a lot, but uh, the uh, glue syringes, they're nice to... Yeah. have on hand yep. when you're doing uh you know small projects like boxes and drawers where you got to get just a little bit of glue into the cracks and crevices and not make a huge mess mm-hmm. so like having those around um i don't yeah. think they're under ten dollars maybe i spend under ten dollars with my uh employee discount but the woodsmith steel look little six inch steel rules I use those all the time. Yeah. So they make like great glue scrapers and good for little yeah. measurements and setup. So always have those around. I feel like I use the smaller measuring tools way more than I do mm-hmm. any of the larger ones. Like this, mm-hmm. you know, six inch rule or a four inch double square that we have on the set here. I have a, uh, I have a six inch double square that I use at home. And I, I mean, I almost never need my 12 inch combination square. Mm-hmm. I just don't check stuff for square and then I don't need that big square. <laughs> right. Smart. Yeah. Smart. You Saves just, time. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll never be not I, square if you don't check it. I know. Right. <laughs> That's right. I will say I keep these all over and I'm 99% sure every one of them that is floating around the office in the shop is mine. Harbor Freight tape measures. I, mean, <laughs> I buy them by the handful. <laughs> However many I can fit on my hand every time I go to Harbor Freight, it's like doing the whole try to carry all your groceries in at uh-huh. once yeah. thing where you have like 40 of them hanging off your arm. I buy a bunch of them because I always lose them. And I bring them into the shop and I leave them there and then the shop adopts them. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are like i think three or four bucks a piece they i mean they used to be who knows now like john said but like so what they work what, perfect what length and, uh this is a 25 footer i don't i like smaller size yeah. ones i have the i've been buying these sizes recently uh because i keep them with the sawmill too because i always leave them in people's yards so it's like it's one of those like I buy the 25 footer so I have the length if I need it mm-hmm. when I'm sawmilling. And if I leave it there, it's three bucks. Not that big a deal. Um, I prefer the 10 or 12 footers. I don't know if Harbor Freight makes smaller sizes anymore. They used to. I think they do. I think they make like a maybe a 12, 12 footer. or 16. Um, just because yeah. they fit better in my pocket. Yeah. Um, my favorite one is I think in, the, in my. Um, toolbox in the photo studio it's a stare it's a little steel stare at one um it's a 12 footer i think um now i know somebody will say it's a harbor freight tape measure how accurate is this really it only needs to be as accurate as this is as long as this is what you're using to measure your project so right does it need to be you know uc certified to be a 25 foot tape measure now yeah doesn't matter right. as long as you're using the same tape measure your entire project it doesn't matter right so i mean if you're building furniture do you even need like i mean you just need like general sizes and then everything's 
built, oh, yeah, built, completely built the fit. fit yeah. after that. That's what I was going to say. It's yeah. like you, you would use the tape measure to kind of lop something off at a rough length or yep. to a to a length and then you know 88% of all the mm -hmm. pro project parts after that are based off of that length or in relation to that part exactly. somehow so yeah mm -hmm. yeah that would be a fun video like hey no measuring tools <laughs> build a side table with no measuring tools all right i feel like we could do that maybe that would be fun between between the three of us, we each build one, <laughs> and see how different they, they okay. come out. Rather rather than the three of us building, <clears throat> combining to build one, right? One. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's like so the reverse Captain build. Planet. So instead of <laughs> combining yes. our powers, we will separate them. Yes. Each one yeah, of the, solo. Each Very one fun. of the Voltron Lions has to build their own table. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Okay, so another one that I have, um, and I'm going to credit John Doyle on this one. So this, he is the reason that I use these. So it's it's really his. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm just stealing his thunder. Yep. Our circle templates. Mm -hmm. Whether yep. they're the, I mean, like we have the super cool high end drafting ones. But if you go to an art supply store, um, sometimes even office supply stores or websites, you can find the the little, for those who are watching on the YouTubes, the little, what is this, like three by six circle template that'll go mm -hmm. all the way up. This one has super tiny hole up to one inch, and then the eight and a half by 11 where it goes from inch and a quarter up to three and a half inch holes. And this essentially replaces using a compass to draw arcs or mm -hmm. corner radii or whatever. It's just a lot easier to do. And they take up almost no space in your layout tool drawer. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. I, those are that is one of the things I picked up because I would I always used to lay out like a radius corner or whatever with a compass. Yeah. Those are so much easier. I picked that up, you know, working in the shop with everybody. Mm -hmm. It's like those because they have they have like bisecting lines yes. on them, so you know where the quadrants are on the circle, and it's just they're so nice mm -hmm. to use. Anybody got anything else? How about a $10 gift card to your favorite store coffee shop? Because then you can just use the gift card as a glue spreader. Yes. After it's empty. So there you that's go. $10 yep, there you go. or less. It's free. So, yep. Yep. Um, so I have a little kind of a little collection of these and I have them for my grandpa, my great grandpa, actually. He had a collection of these, so I have them now. Can openers. Oh, the old school ones. Yes. Like, I mean, like these are the kind we get in the shop. Yeah. The then I had a bunch of these old ones. These are like a false yeah, like The can America's opener can opener quality ones. beer. Yep. Yeah. This one is a, well, this one is different though. This is a can opener. And then one end says can closer. 
Whoa. Don't know how oh, it works. Okay. But that's like the forgotten step of working with cans. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, but what I was gonna say is that these are chisels and flathead screwdrivers are not can openers. What? Do they work? Do they work? Yes. But man, if you got six of these bad boys hanging up, you're gonna use these instead. Yeah. So mm. I mean, and I feel like some of the higher end hardware stores, like I'm I'm putting higher end as in like Aces or Porters, like this kind of the actual the true hardware stores have these still, and you can still get them when you get a thing of paint. Okay. I don't know I don't know if like Menards has them or not. I don't know that I've seen them in Menards ever. Mm. They're in the back. Yeah, gotta ask. Yeah, it's part of their. To, yeah. it's part of their tool shop line where it's like the umlaut over the O. That's it's uh, the higher end one instead of just the basic. Yeah. So, looking at these styles, one of them says Ace Hardware on it. <laughs> <laughs> this one says oh. Linzer American. Okay. This one says China. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> I found with those, uh, the ones that, like you showed there, that had the can opener part and yeah. the bottle opener on the other end. Yep. Another thing you can do with those is you can use a file or a belt sander or something like that, and you put a little bevel on the can opener hook, and you can yep. use it to clean out the bottom of mortises, like a little, mm. like a redneck uh, mortise chisel. Scraper. Mortise oh, yeah. cleaning cool. chisel. Huh. Yeah. yeah. I I don't think I have anything else. I think that kind of covers all my. I mean, there's like like there's a lot of stuff in my shop that's like just stupid that I've I put in here and I use it. <laughs> I mean, not like you know what I mean. Like you're like not going to admit to it. Well, no. Gonna, like I'll admit to it. it. Like, I'm like stuff. I have like I have empty. <clears throat> ice cream containers, right? For storing mm -hmm. old resin for um, casting and stuff. I, I do use the crap out of mason jars in my shop sure. um, for finishes. And I got a bunch of tools sitting in some mason jars and stuff. Like, But, like, oh, this is a good one. I use these things. And I'm pretty sure I ordered these on Amazon. They were under... 10 bucks for four of them. Okay. Wash bottles. So these you wash bottles. Yep. Um, so I have one with acetone, one with, uh, I have six of them. So maybe I, maybe I bought two packs. Anyways, a denatured alcohol, acetone, um, lacquer thinner and water. And I've labeled each one with what is in them. So these are, these are nice. If you're in, I found if you're in an unheated environment though, the expansion and contraction of them will cause them to leak. So maybe higher end ones won't, but the budget store ones will. Huh? Okay. Yeah. The, I think, I think the bottle heating up and everything expanding inside pushes out the spout. Oh, that way. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I was like, how would those leak? This episode is brought to you by tight bond. 
you want a glue that you can trust. And fortunately, Tight Bond has the glue you need to get the job done with confidence. From interior glues with strong initial tack and short clamp time to exterior glues with exceptional strength and water resistance, look to Tight Bond, the right glue for your next project. For more information, visit tightbond.com. I mean, I have a bunch of stuff in my shop that I've picked up at rummage sales or flea markets or something like that that's under yeah. 10 bucks, but you know, like I don't know if you we know, count those though, right? Right. Like your oil cans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So the other thing, it's a layout tool, and I think I'm going to I'm gonna allow it because you can get it. It's a pack of three. Sometimes they're over 10 bucks. are French curves for drawing and layout work. Because mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, a lot when we, for Woodsmith projects, just for efficiency's sake, we'll just do... Uh, you know, a section of a circle for a curve or just bend the stick and draw an arc that way. But uh, I found that using French curves on some of those things can add a little bit more liveliness to a curve. Um, like I have that bookcase project that I'm working on right now. And on the sides, it has uh, the original plan had just like a arc section of a circle and this one, the one that I did, I put a, uh, used a French curve. And so I have a little bit more, it's more of a oval swoop to it that I feel like adds a little extra flair to that project. And I know you can find French curves that are laser cut from plywood or stainless steel or some other unobtainium material, but the, the standard acrylic ones that you can get anywhere are perfectly reasonable too. Although I find that the bigger ones that you can, if the bigger ones are better for furniture projects, you know, if you're doing scale drawings, yes. then the smaller ones work fine, but it's nice to have larger ones mm -hmm. to work with on if you're going to draw or mark directly to your project pieces. Now I have to read a YouTube comment about our podcast and I'm not entirely sure how I feel about this. So I'll get your reaction. So I have completed my goal of listening to all 118 podcasts. And here's what I've learned. One, any discussion of big ash trees brings a smile to your faces. Two, I need to paint my golden oak kitchen cabinets while wearing my shop Crocs. Three, being talkative or a contrarian may be genetic. Four, Miters should be avoided like the biblical plagues. Five, measuring is overrated when making drawers for built-ins. Six, chunk of trunk Sawyer Company is thriving. Seven, <laughs> edge gluing plywood could be a new woodworking fad. Eight, it's okay if the time it takes to complete a project spans two decades. Nine, if you build a large enough playset for your children, you get a new bandsaw. And ten, but... <laughs> Last, but certainly not least, you are regular guys that face the same challenges that many of us encounter. See, yep. I feel like that was almost summary. all accurate, except for the plywood gluing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, though. Maybe. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Number 
I, I, oh, I think we know. <laughs> I am going to find that fine woodworking article where the dude cuts apart. He makes high-end entertainment centers and cuts apart the plywood and glues it back together. With biscuits, yo. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah, I think that's all a perfect summary of the first 118 episodes and also the next 118 <laughs> right. yeah. episodes. Yeah, so if you want to know what else we're going to be talking about, this is... This is how you're going to get there. I forgot about Chunk-A-Trunk. God. Yeah. I forgot about that. Becky just brought that up the the other day, and she's like, is that the real name of Logan's business? And I was like, I'm not sure at this point. I don't, it probably sure is, either. and it probably isn't. <laughs> I think yeah. it's actually his. Uh, it's like I think it's a franchising opportunity, really. Yes, you know that yes. you could open Ooh, chunk hey. a trunk, yeah, with a small investment anywhere right. in the country. Yep, yep, and start selling uh, merch. Yeah. You know, hats, t-shirts, yep. mugs. There we go. I. Uh, I'm picking up some cherry logs this weekend. I'm kind of excited about this because we don't get very many cherry in Iowa, right? <clears throat> Like not not big very big ones. ones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not big ones. Um, but a guy called me, got my name from a friend, um, and he's building a house, and they took down a couple cherry trees. And he's like, hey, I want to sell these logs. So it's like, well, I don't really, I don't really buy logs because I don't have time to cut the free logs that I have already. So it would be silly for me to buy the logs. Um, but I, I offered them up to my log buyer that, that I've been selling walnut logs to. And he's like, well, he's like, here's the price I'd, I'd give him for them. And it, was, it wasn't very much. I mean, it was like, it's like 265, 275 board feet um, of logs. And he's offering him like 40 cents a board foot, which the math checks out. Sure. I mean, the math checks yeah. out as far as, you know, that log price plus drying price plus the milling cost. Like, it, 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 that checks out. But it seems ridiculously low to me. Like, oh, really five really nice cherry logs. The guys are gonna get 110 bucks for. So I, I told the guy, I was like, hey, you know, here's what he would pay for that. I'm not gonna make any money off this. I don't care about that. Like, if you want to sell them, great. Here you go. But here's a second option. My second option for you is that I'll just take the logs. I'll get them out of your yard, and in turn, I'll just turn you a cherry bowl out of one of those logs. And he's like, deal. Wow. So, <laughs> doing a little bartering. All right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty excited. I was say, this, if you can't tell. he could probably cut them up and sell it for firewood five dollars a bundle and make more money. Aww. Oh, oh, and, and unfo- that's the unfortunate reality. Yes, yeah. he could. I know. It's like if you start That'd looking be a lot of at work, like, yeah, if you start looking at like the gas station firewood bundles that are like seven or eight bucks for four or five pieces, it's like. Oh. Mm-hmm. Or if you marketed it right for all the people smoking meat out there. Mm-hmm. especially yes. for cherry. But, no, I'm pretty excited about that. That's going to be this weekend, as long as I can dodge the rain. Right. So, that'll be cool. I love cutting cherry. It smells nice. I love cutting cherry. love cutting walnut. I love coruscant oak. I don't discriminate, except ash work benches. That's <laughs> <laughs> my only discrimination. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. If you me. want Logan to come saw lumber at your place, <laughs> just look him up on his website, <laughs> www.ihateashwood.com. <laughs> that reminds me. Okay, so my workbench back here behind me that is covered in crap is made out of bowling alleys. I completely forgot about this. This happened when I was out of town last week. 
Um, I now have a bunch of sections of bowling alley that I have to go pick up. Okay. How did that happen? So if anybody wants some bowling alley, um, <laughs> it was one of those. My buddy Sean's like, hey, is there a market for bowling alleys? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm like, like there 30 be. bucks a linear foot. <laughs> I there should that's ex, I think that's exactly what my text is. I think is I said unfortunately, people buy them, and they buy them for like between twenty and thirty bucks a linear foot. So like an eight foot piece of bowling alley, you know, is 150, 160 bucks, which is exactly what I did with my bench. That's how I made my bench was out of a bowling alley. So long story short, I have sixteen sections of bowling alley. I have to go pick up. I should probably do that this weekend too. All right, so. So if anybody needs Bowling Alley, hit me up. There you go. <laughs> www.chunkatrunk.com. There you go. I better see what that goes right. to. <laughs> yeah. Are you Sometimes a, you might not want to hear this stuff. I don't care so. where it goes. <laughs> there you go. John's looking. John's is looking. Right now. It is it is nothing. It is okay. for sale. Yes. Ra- wrap that up yep. quick. Before somebody okay. else grabs it. <laughs> oh. What about stumpgrinding.com? Awesome. <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like somebody like uh, Vermeer or somebody has to have right. that wrapped yeah. up, right? Yeah. Like somebody that yeah. makes stump grinders. Gosh. Shop notes podcast skirting that explicit label one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, if you take our conversations out of context, oh, yeah. oh man, oh. Which reminds me, I saw our HR person putting new files over in the building here, and I saw that John's <laughs> was actually like almost a whole drawer. So, wow. Yep. Hey, you know what? He's still here, though. <clears throat> he is. Yeah. Yep. So, the people that filed those claims, however, are not. <laughs> so, what right. does that say? <laughs> Yep. Uh, that's funny. All right. So, you guys got any projects going on? We finished a TV show project, which sounds yeah. like an oddity, but it's not. Yeah. I, I sometimes hesitate to pull back the curtain too much on that, you know, like. <laughs> But well, apparently, according okay. to this viewer who realizes that we are normal human beings, uh, I will yes. say that we build projects for the magazine. We use mm-hmm. those projects as fodder for the TV show. And sometimes in the course of building projects for the TV show, because of our shooting schedule, we don't get those projects completed all the way. Well, not not on the TV show. Like The projects always get, get finished at That's some point. Right. Yeah. So, it, yeah, so I guess I should clarify my statement. We finished a project for the TV show. It took us months. Right. Yeah. But we finished it start to finish. We applied finish. We did everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it turned out really nice. So I'm very happy we yeah. did it. Maybe we should do that more often. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So usually we finish a project to the point where it needs sanded and a finish put on it. Yeah. Um, or like I mean, a final assembly needs to happen. It's kind of like a cooking show yeah. where it's like the ingredients you see them working on are not the finished product that you see. Cause you know, it's like you put it in the oven, you take it out yeah. of the oven. So we have, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Yeah. And here's the the thing on that is like you said, we like build all these projects for the magazine. They are completely finished. They look great. They're a, you know, beautiful piece of furniture. So we go to all the trouble for that. And then when we do video for the TV show, that's all pretty much shot in like two days. So yeah. we get it to the point of where it's pretty much completed, but then there's a huge step of work to prepare it for finishing. And, you know, you'd see maybe a few seconds of putting on stain or finish for the mm -hmm. TV show. So there's a ton of like, you know, a week's worth of work to get, you know, another few seconds of video. So we don't yeah. usually go to the trouble of, of that when we already have a finished piece of furniture or we have photos of the yeah. finished piece of furniture when there's just not the value in it. There, now so. like smaller projects we do finish, right? Like our, our tools we did yes. this season, clocks, picture frames, that type of stuff. We always finish bandsaw boxes. Um, because it's, it's a small project. Yeah. yeah. But as soon as you start looking mm -hmm. at like a desk or a sideboard or something where it's, I mean, you have to think about how much time it would take somebody in their shop to finish it. It, it's going to take us that much time too. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, so that was fun. Yes. Yeah. It's a craftsman you know, sideboard. Yeah. It's and a smaller size, which I really like because sometimes I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, buffets or sideboard projects are humongous. And if your space isn't humongous, it can totally overwhelm. And this one's not, it's actually a really nice approachable size, but there's a lot of really cool, woodworking skills that you work on and uh we use some burr oak that you had sawed mm -hmm. and uh, we were going to do a separate finishing video as an online extra but then decided to stretch this to two episodes and we got to include the finishing in the episode and we the color the color of the stain plus the clear finish really made it look cool I think. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's a good color. It is uh old masters provincial. Yes. Is that right? Was it provincial or yep. was it? Okay. No, it was the provincial. Uh, one. And, yep. It was lacquer over top and it looked good. Yeah. So also FYI, yeah, the little fingerprints idea. that you got on it last evening basically melted out. Yeah. So they're not there. Nice. Yeah, I happened to touch it when it was wet, and I I beat one of our camera guys up, not literally, but figuratively. I beat him up for <laughs> touching my vice stand when it was wet, even though I really didn't care. Mm -hmm. But I did the same thing, so, nope. I'm working on a, well, I haven't started. Got the book, got my blocks, I have the design done. Um, doing a little Kumiko wall shelf. Sure. Um, for the next issue of Popwood. So we got to start that. Um, maybe I think next week is going to be my time to start it. Won't take very long. It's just, it's simple wall shelf, two uprights and then two horizontal shelves and then a Kumiko panel. Um, and there is a drawer too. So, uh, it'll be kind of fun. It'll be a, a fun little quick project. Um, the Kumiko is something that I'm not going to go into a ton of detail on in the article okay. because that's a whole different rabbit hole. And right. um, we happen to know Matt Kenny, who has a Kumiko book that we sell that is very good about that. So, uh, or very good with Kumiko. So that is a better use of um, your time to learn from. So that will be a next week. So awesome. That'll be kind of cool. Yeah, be fun. Yep, you have a couple. Yeah, you always have a couple projects you're working on. It's awful. 
Um, <laughs> part of it is I've had to do some extra ones for our uh, Woodsmith Unlimited subscribers, uh, yeah. filling up yeah. some space for that. Um, and awful in the sense of trying to juggle multiple video projects at the same time. That's what gets to be mm -hmm. awful because it's, I've been doing video for a while now so that I, I do pretty well. I feel like on video, it's all the stuff that you need to do before the camera rolls that is way more time intensive that you think in order to make it efficient for our film crew and all that is to get, you know, like these props to this point and this prop to that point and these other parts ready for this. And then to, you know, mentally go back and forth between several of those as you kind of, you know, it's, you know, we say it jokingly, but it's the old like spinning plates on sticks kind of a thing where you got to keep going back and forth mm -hmm. on it. So I have a bookcase project that's pretty much done. And last week finished up a picture frame uh, that is based on one that John designed for the current issue of the magazine, which I thought was super cool. And then I had a print of the Fox River locks from my hometown in Appleton, Wisconsin. Uh, so yeah, so I built the original, the ones we were featuring in the magazine of that picture frame are mahogany with ebony green and green style plugs and splines. And I had some cherry that you saw to Logan. Mm -hmm. And so I used that. And then I had some Wenge left over from another project. So I used that for the plugs and splines. And I thought those two worked really well together. So, yeah, yeah. Now the cherry, I, I didn't cut that on the bandsaw mill. I cut it on the bandsaw in the shop. Right. Yeah. It was a, it was a video we did that was like, you know, Hey, logs the lumber. Here's how you don't need to buy a bandsaw mill, even though you love it. You don't need to buy one. You can use your bandsaw in your shop to, to cut little size logs. So there's all these little pieces of cherry floating around and yep. It turned into something. That's weird. Right. It was it was really cool because this I don't know where the cherry came from, but it had a the Carlisle dump <clears throat> is where it came from. <laughs> just, you know, just that's not <laughs> much of a selling point. <laughs> <laughs> dump cherry, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Carlisle dump though is the name of John's like rhythm band that he does. <laughs> I was going to say, Carlisle Dump, is that kind of redundant? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry for all of our Carlisle no. folk. <laughs> Shots fired. I just uh, lost all of our Carlisle listeners now. Yes, you did. Uh, no, it would happen to be like, I needed a log for the video. I didn't have any logs here that were like manageable size to lift up onto a bandsaw. Right. So I'm like, well, screw it. I'm going to drive over to the Carlisle log dump. It's a log dump. Let me clarify. Okay. It's not like a trash dump. It's a log dump. Okay. It opened up when the derecho came through, and they've left it open for people, but people only dump logs there. So it was one of those, like, what can I find interesting at the Carlisle dump today? And I always go down there to see if there, I find burls, and I never have, but I'm going to keep checking. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, this uh, cherry 
had some really cool mineral streaks in it. Uh, there was quite a bit of variation in the coloring of it, which looked really interesting. So it, you know, like mahogany or really well-selected cherry can be and is really beautiful, but sometimes can be uniform to the point of blandness. And this mm -hmm. stuff had a nice amount of variation to it that gave it a little bit more of a casual feel to the material that I was looking for. And the print that I have is, has very fall autumnal colors on it. And that plays really well with the color of the cherry. Um, so anyway, it was, it's fun. I like being able to, and it's probably because I'm cheap, but I like being able to use and maximize materials that maybe don't, that aren't the prettiest. They just have a good personality. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And I, again, I've always, I, I've said it a thousand times before. That's one of the things that I love about the whole sawmilling thing is you never know what you're going to get really. Right. So like, you know, cutting that cherry up it's like yeah there's sometimes where you want good clean cherry there's sometimes where it gets those black i don't know if those black are mineral streaks i don't know if they're sap lines or uh like pitch lines yeah. i don't know um but you don't want to mix that in necessarily with clean cherry so being able to take an entire piece that was like that and make one complete project out of it yeah. is awesome yeah, and that was real. That was pretty cool. And to use up some of my, you know, because like the Wenge that I had, it was really too small for any kind of a standalone project. And yet, it's like thirty dollars in Wenge, and I just don't know that I want to throw it yeah. in the burn bucket. So, being able to use it for those splines and plugs was was a, a solid use, in my opinion, on it. So, yep, for sure. So anyway. All right, I think that wraps up today's episode. I would love it to hear what low-cost tools and accessories you have in your shop. You can send us an email, woodsmith at woodsmith.com, or share it in the comments section on our YouTube channel, and we'll talk about some of those on an upcoming episode. want to say today's episode is from sponsored by Titebond, you want a glue that you can trust. And fortunately, Titebond has the glue you need to get the job done with confidence. From interior glues with strong initial tack and short clamp time, to exterior glues with exceptional strength and water resistance. Look to Titebond, the right glue for your next project. For more information, visit Titebond.com. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you again next week. Bye.